0: is Arrowhead Pride Radio on 610 Sports Radio. Here are your hosts, Editor-in-Chief at ArrowheadPride.com, Pete Sweeney, and former Chiefs linebacker, Sean Barber. Well, hello!
1: You hear the drums, and you know what that means. It's time once again for your favorite hour of the week. It's Arrowhead Pride Radio. I'm Editor-in-Chief of ArrowheadPride.com. Pete Sweeney hanging out with the player, Sean Barber. The American Dream, Dusty Likens, and we are just five short days away from the first ever AFC Championship game in Arrowhead Stadium history. Chiefs, Patriots, we'll get into the matchup. We'll get into our thoughts on the Colts-Chiefs game. Our initial thoughts on the AFC title. Big roster move earlier today. But, Sean, before we get into all that, tell me something good.
2: Uh, Yesterday I was happy and joyous as I celebrated my 44th birthday. Uh, I turned 30 for the 14th time. Just so happy to celebrate it. I got the best gift in the world. One of my kids actually got all A's. So that glorious report card being handed, handed over to Daddy was something to put a smile on my face that can't be replaced. So you got a happy father right here. They got one of his kids. Not that the other ones did bad, but this 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 one special kid, my man Deacon. All A's. Congratulations there, Deacon Barber. See,
1: that's on me. I didn't realize it was your birthday yesterday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. to it down here January 14th, 2020.
2: Yeah, the day before uh true breeze.
1: Sean Barber, a happy birthday. Okay. All right. So we have some big news to talk big, talk big, about today. Big, big news. As everyone knows, L D T earlier this season. Fractured his leg. He ain't lying. <laughs> Andy Reid on Monday. Here's what he said about LDT: a lot of nothing. We'll see how we'll see how he does uh, throughout today, the and,
2: and then Brett and I will get together and talk
1: Chiefs decide finally at the deadline to activate Laurent. See how I said that? Laurent Duvernay-Tardif and release Ron Parker in the process. Rapid reaction, Sean. When you
2: heard this news, what does it mean for the Chiefs and LDT? they strengthen that offensive line hopefully to run that ball we know when it gets cold and it gets late in the season you got to be able to have a rushing attack i think last week showed that more than any 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 words you can hear by mouth um that that offensive line got to be strong it got to be deep um you're going to be running that ball early and often once you get into a lead you got to run the ball to put the game away so ltd being ready to roll um, we saw a couple of uh, missteps and some some flags last game uh, from my guy 75 so um, I think the activating of LT, uh, LDT will kind of give him some extra motivation to get it in a good gear and get things going right. I think three of the six penalties was against one guy on our team last week. So that playoff focus needs to be here. It needs to be, be you know, for the offense to keep going. Can't have any setbacks. We've got to keep going forward. So no penalties. We want everything to be clean. Um, you know, we, we don't give them anything. We, 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 we take everything, give them nothing.
1: I like that you sometimes call him LTD because that means that means touchdowns when he's back on the field. LTD. I look at the line, though, and I, I know the offensive line is not the sexiest position to talk about it, but it's the news of the day, so we have to talk about it. You get your left tackle, Eric Fisher, your left guard, Cam Irving, was Jeff Allen. Uh, you have your center, Mitch Morse, right guard, Andrew Wiley, right tackle, Mitch Schwartz. Mitch Schwartz isn't going anywhere. Eric Fisher's not going anywhere. Uh, Mitch Morse isn't going anywhere. Andrew Wiley, He's playing some good football.
2: I like what I see from 7-7.
1: Is there a possibility here where you reinsert LDT into right guard and then you move Wiley to left guard, knocking what's really been a carousel all season between, is it Jeff Allen, is it Cam Irving? Do you like Wiley enough to maybe make the switch there? Or do you put maybe LDT? Ltd. LDT. Whatever you want to call him, into left guard. You Let's consider just call that? Him, I'm gonna just call him the doctor. I know you. I know you're a linebacker, but yeah. but but what would you do with this situation? I think you have a, a little bit of a decision here, no?
2: Well, you know, when a doctor calls, you got to make uh, you got to make moves. Um, <laughs> so if, if they, if the offensive line is ailing in one position. If there's one position that's causing them concern, like you said, it's not the tackles and it's not the centers at the guard position, um, and not that they're lacking, but you always. You don't let your good keep you from great. And this can be a great offensive line. Um, they're already on the brink of it. I think all they need is some consistency. And that's one thing that you uh, you don't get from Cam Urban sometimes game in and game out. You get, you know, flashes of greatness. And then you get some, um, you know, a couple of mental busts, a couple penalties and stuff like that, offsides or, you know, hands to the face, you know, hold things like that that can, can stun a drive. So if you got somebody in the wings that you know can, you know, kind of get it done, then collectively between the three guys you got available, um, you put two in there and, and, hey, if somebody is uh, hesitating or ain't going on all cylinders, you're not forced to stay with that guy. You got another guy you can roll up in there. So um, I see our our offensive line being actually a a six-person starting rotation, and and that kind of can play to the benefit of offense because defensively, um, sometimes defensive tackles, they, they start, you know, keying in on certain movements, on certain keys. But if you can rotate those guys and get some different looks in there, Um, also brings up that, you know, unbalanced line set. I mean, there's so many things you can do when you have guys that you have confidence in. I think uh, Andrew, uh, Andy Heck, the offensive line coach, has done a great job with all the guys he's he's had out there on the field. And so he just has, you know, a couple more bullets uh, for his gun.
1: That'll be a point to watch ahead of this AFC Championship, exactly what the Chiefs do with the offensive line. Andy Reid always says he's going to use the best five guys. But as Sean says, there's opportunity there to use six guys. I believe they did twice in the last game. So... Remains to be seen. On the other side of this, very quickly, Ron Parker, I mean, you did work with the defense during training camp. This is a guy who's been with the Chiefs since 2013. He had a little bit of time with the Atlanta Falcons this offseason before coming back. This is probably the end of his career career here, I think, with the release. I I would say he's 31 years old. What do you make of Ron Parker and just what he contributed to this team both before this season and this season with all the injuries the Chiefs had at, at safety?
2: I mean, hats off to Ron Parker because what he did is he he gave the he gave the secondary some stability when uh, the season was about to start and you had no Dirty Dan, you had no Barry, and you was facing uh, starting the season with Armani Watts, who was a you know draft pick, and uh, you know un, uh, you know um, twenty one
1: Eric Murray, Eric Murray, yeah, yeah.
2: Um, that that wasn't the secondary that you envisioned going into the season with. So having Ron Parker come into um, it was really Murray and Parker for a while there at the yeah. beginning. And, and, and for that, you know, during that winning streak, those guys were the guys out there getting it done. And so, uh, you know, Ron Parker has played a significant part of this season, however it turns out. Whatever the destiny of this uh, of this 2018 Chiefs team is, um, it, it's, it, has, it has Ron Parker stamped all over He He definitely pulled his weight when time was necessary, and he allowed some of these young guys to kind of grow up a little bit. Learn some lessons, take some, you know, t- take their time growing into the position, um, and then eventually the young guys. I mean, they, they they are executing and playing on a level that, you know, that's a little bit higher than his right now. So, um, as as any aging vet or any, any any veteran, I mean, there comes a time and a place where you got to turn it over to the student. The student becomes a teacher, and it's time for that um, position to move on.
1: Yeah, a few weeks ago, at of the Seahawks game, the Chiefs decided to use Traverius Ward, Jordan Lucas in the safety position, really ending the starting seasons for Orlando Skandrick and Ron Parker. And Lucas has looked good, and I think Ron Parker definitely deserves some credit there. Sean, didn't have an opportunity to talk to you on the air after Chiefs and Colts' immediate reaction to what the Chiefs and the defense especially was able to do on Saturday afternoon.
2: Man, I saw a team that was hungry. I saw a team that was ready for the postseason. I saw a team that was uh, pretty much, you know, doggone tired of all the national media um, using them as fire, were, fire. You could tell they were playing angry. Um, um, every, everybody said if there's a reason that, you know, the Chiefs wouldn't get it done, it was it was the defense. And I think the defense, you know, players, they, they hear it. They get insulted by it. They got pride. Um, but not only do they have just pride and, and, and instincts and ability, Man, these guys got some skill, man. You talk about the, the the players and the group of guys on defense. When you start with that line, you saw it. Man, Chris Jones has been one of the most impactful defensive players in the league. I am mm-hmm. talking about like top five, and for him not to make the Pro Bowl was an insult to how hard he's been working. A sack for eleven straight games—that's that, unheard of.
1: Third in the league in sacks,
2: right? Third in—that's that, unheard of from that position when he's facing double teams all the time. Um, and, and then to, uh, co- you know, co- compare and to, to couple that up. With the way D Ford has been relentless coming after the quarterback Got, off that edge, gotta
1: keep D Ford in for next year.
2: And then with Houston, the way he's been playing the run and the pass. I mean, the, the way the game started, that with that rush and that hit, bam! That was a, that was a tone setter. That was that was Houston putting his foot down and like, this is Chiefs' kingdom. You are now in my house. Don't you he,
1: find as you watch this game again, though, it was really the fourteen point lead, the seventeen point lead that
2: allowed the defense to maybe do what they do best. Definitely. I mean, we said that coming up to the game that if, if you if you let the Colts get a, a head start, um, their offensive line they can stay square and they can just we call it uh, um, you know like a track to trailer just just grade the field. They just stay square and they just big on big and you know veer block and they bring in an extra tackle and go seven line and max protect and you know hit play action down the field. If you let them do what they you know were comfortable doing, which is rushing the ball with Mac and. And eating up clock and keeping your offense off the field, like you know, that, that's what that's what Andrew Luck had been doing for those previous uh, eight games. When I think everybody donned him as the the hottest team in the NFL, that was uh, uh, disputed by me multiple times <laughs> <laughs> throughout the week because of the competition they were playing and because of the way they was getting up early and just um, not having to uh, face a pass rush like ours.
1: I, I thought the Chiefs and Colts to be a lot closer than it was. I, I thought. Okay, the Colts match up well with the Chiefs. I said it's going to be a blow by blow type deal. I did say if if a team got out to a fourteen point lead that they would be in control of the whole game. That was a point that I made prior to the game. I didn't realize it would happen that quickly. I thought maybe in the second quarter it could be a twenty one seven situation. The Colts just didn't seem like they were ready for what Arrowhead had to offer. It was loud. You had I know it's funny now, but the snowballs were raining down. It seemed like a party. I wasn't. I obviously watched the games from the studio but it really felt like there were no there was no chance even from the gun for this Colts team to win that
2: football game time and time again was 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 pleading and, and praising and, and and praying and and just asking for the crowd to be early to be loud and to be relentless all game long and the sea of red not only heard me they came out in droves they came out in droves and let the Colts know from an early stance Where they was, this was Chiefs' kingdom, the Sea of Red. You will not come in here and leave unscathed.
1: I've said for a long time, I I don't really believe there's an Arrowhead Pride, pride, an Arrowhead Stadium advantage, an Arrowhead advantage. Maybe it just took the confidence of having a quarterback to unlock that because it certainly seemed like there was on Saturday. You're going to want to carry that over to Sunday to the Arctic blast burst game that we have coming up on Sunday. After the break, though, we talked about – LDT. I want to talk to somebody who knows injuries, knows how to bounce back from these things. It's, of course, our injury expert, Aaron Borgman. He's got 12 seasons in the NFL as an athletic trainer. That's next.
0: Arrowhead Pride Radio.
1: Pete Sweeney, Sean Barber, Arrowhead Pride Radio. Taking it all the way to 7 o'clock. Think at night. Some good stuff in store. From Jay Binkley. I believe he talked with the Patriots. Nark! Patriots announcer earlier today. I think he's going to play that for you. Some really good insight coming up for the biggest game in Kansas City
2: history, I would say, right? You got to be a part of history. I I don't care what the. They could say if it's minus 100, frostbite, uh, snow blizzard. I don't care what it is. You got to be in the stadium to see your kansas city chiefs number one seed take over the reins from the dynasty from the goat you gotta be there man watching on tv ain't good enough
1: from 10-year outside line or 10-year inside linebacker sean barber to
2: inside outside
1: 10-year whatever linebacker to a 12-year athletic trainer in the national football league his name's aaron borgman he's the current injury expert at arrowheadpride.com aaron did you ever take care of any players in conditions like we're about to see on sunday
3: uh, hey, uh, good evening, guys. Uh, first of all, uh, I want to say happy birthday to Sean. Yeah, that's important. It was his birthday, but, you know. Uh, yeah, uh, so a couple years back, I was on the sideline for the Titans game uh, here at Arrowhead, and somebody told us on the sideline that it was like minus six air temp. Um, uh, that, that was cold. Um, one year in Cincinnati, it was really cold. It's, once it gets past a certain point, man, it's it's all about the same. Sean will tell you that, too, and you just try to stay as warm as he can.
1: Now, did I see on Twitter over the weekend someone was tweeting about seeing Philip Rivers with chicken broth on the sideline? That must be a known thing to athletic trainers. Is there just always chicken broth in these type of games on the sideline for you to have?
3: There is a hot substance somewhere <laughs> on the sideline of every game. Dot knows that. You just have to know where to find it. And it's, it's everywhere inside as well, but the, the, the little hidden gems like that are uh, – what makes uh, people on the sidelines uh, valuable because if you don't know where it's at, I guarantee a ball boy or an equipment guy does.
1: (laughs) Good to know. I want to get into LDT and his injury, of course, had the fractured fibula back in week five. And, you know, one of your specialties, if not your main specialty, is rehabbing. I just want to know, in your own words, what did LDT have to do to get back so quickly and manage to, to maybe have an impact here, whether it be in the AFC title game or an eventual Super Bowl, if they're able to win on Sunday?
3: Yeah, so uh, just a quick recap. We know he had surgery. Uh, We know he had a plate and screw in his uh, tibia, most likely. And he had some ligament damage, uh, most likely on the inside of his ankle. And if I was guessing, um, the surgical procedure also put uh, some surgical wire through his two bones to kind of hold those steady and uh, heal the uh, tissues in between his tibia and his fibula. Now, as far as rehab is concerned, uh, initially it's a lot of balance work, a lot of single leg work. And you progress to more dynamic things like straight ahead running, cutting, Um, you know, all the things that everybody else does. Now, the unique thing about his position and this injury is that if you watch any offensive lineman, what the first thing they do, they bend their knee, the foot rotates out, and they accept a whole lot of force coming at them from the front, and they usually tend to plant in the ground or hop backward. So the challenge in this particular rehab for this particular individual is that you have to figure out a way to simulate that somehow. And, you know, uh, listen, I'm not a big guy, so once I was done with certain things that I could do to help them, then we move on to delinement in practice. And then you do that over and over and over again, and you try to make the athlete uncomfortable and put them in uncomfortable positions so they learn how to react again. And it has to be spontaneous, and you can't tell them what's coming because otherwise – They're going to be prepared for it. And as Sean will tell you, there's nothing prepared about a football game. Everything is spontaneous movement. So you really have to prepare them for every scenario.
1: Right, and so that that probably goes into playing shape. I have an an interesting question because you know about all the statuses and things like that. Does the fact that they waited to the deadline – or say anything about his readiness? Because I was figuring, and this is just me thinking about it, if they're waiting to the deadline, then he may not be completely ready to go as early as a Sunday. Maybe what they're doing is eyeing a Super Bowl. Again, that's all speculation, but one would assume if they are waiting that long, maybe it's still up in the air.
3: So, yeah, I mean, that could be a number of things, and that's definitely one possibility. Uh, one thing is that uh, they may have waited to get through this previous game to see what their current injury situation was and see if they have to activate him, do they put somebody else down, uh, where they were sick on the roster, where they were sin, that kind of thing. Um, You know, uh, I I would hesitate to read too much into that, but what you're saying is, yes, it's definitely a possibility. He may not be able to go for this game, but maybe he is ready for two weeks down the road.
1: Aaron, just one more thing. I do want to play you a a quick clip from Andy Reid on Sammy Watkins' game right here quick.
3: Yeah, so I I think he's doing okay. Uh, He he felt good after the game. Um, He felt pretty good yesterday. So, I mean, he's sore just uh, from playing, but uh, the foot feels good.
1: The first time we've seen Watkins in a long time was against the Colts. From what you saw, from his interactions on the sidelines, so on and so forth, do you think Watkins now seems good to go, had more than 90% of snaps?
3: Uh, yeah, you know, I, I saw him on a couple of plays. You know, he had that first one in the, I believe it was first or second quarter, whatever it was. He kind of strung across the first uh, half of the field there, and he looked good there. Um, you know, so we have to assume that they put him through all these scenarios in practice, right? Sure. Um, I would imagine that he's pretty sore, like Coach said, after the game. I would imagine that, uh, you know, the rest of the way, we know that he can do at least just this, and hopefully he suffers no setbacks. So you, to expect a full practice may be unrealistic, maybe they just limit him the rest of the way. And keep in mind, the, the the issue with full practice versus limited practice is really one of semantics. Limited practice or an LP designation means that you're out there for something. FP means that you may have not even taken every rep, but you participated in every period to some extent. So, you know... We get a little bit uh, hung up on these FPs versus LPs, Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of gray area in there. But I think what you guys have seen and talked about uh, with this player is that, you know, they're being cautious with him. He seems to be progressing, at least uh, for this game. Hopefully he suffers no setbacks, and they continue to be able to get to use
1: him. That is the voice of ArrowheadPride.com injury expert Aaron Borgman. Borgman is also the owner of Borgman Rehab Solutions. Thank you for all your insight tonight, Aaron. Thanks for having me on, guys. There he is. Aaron was a trainer for you, right? back yeah,
2: A. Ron. A. Wrong, a-, a wrong. his birthday wishes fell on good ears. That's the only thing I, you know, when, once he said happy birthday, S. Dot, that was it for me. You know, it took me back a, about a decade.
1: Is that your old nickname?
2: S. Dot, yeah. That was my before barbershop.
1: Good to know. Now, I'm learning more and more about you as the show goes on. <laughs> I first got your birthday, which is January 14th. Got to oh. make sure I wish you happy birthday on January 14th, 2020. And now I know your old nickname was S dot, which I thought was just your nickname for the little miniature thing you used to bring around to the podcast during yeah. the podcast days. Sean, I want to ask you about the cold. I asked Aaron. He knows about preparing players for the cold. You were a player probably in a cold game. You remember your coldest game?
2: I, no, I don't remember the coldest. I remember a bunch of cold ones. I remember that, you know, you get out there and you see your breath and all that kind of stuff. Your hands turn numb. Your fingertips turn white. Your, co- your toes. You can't feel your toes. Really? None of that matters though. Like like I would, would
1: you be if you're going into this game on Sunday, you're looking at 1 degree maybe below 0, are you wearing as much as you can or do you just kind of stick with to what you did and, and wear it?
2: Okay. Why would I wear anything besides what I normally wear? Because once you wear something, so you don't get frostbite. No, 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 no. That's not it's not about get frostbite. We're talking about going to the Super Bowl. Take my toe, take my pinky, take my whatever, take it. Take the frostbite. You you're giving away a toe. Give it. To get to the Super Bowl. <laughs> Don't give away that ring finger if you want a ring.
1: Hey, is there man. anything you wouldn't give away?
2: Hey, listen. Okay, there. <laughs> just wondering. Remember we're, remember, we're on the radio Okay, right great, now. Stash, in there. Right. Um, the cold is something that once it leaks into your mind and you change your uniform, you change your preparation for it, then it got you. Mm-hmm. No matter how tough you try to be, once you acknowledge the fact that it's, a certain, uh, it's under a certain amount of weather and it's cold and all that kind of stuff, then your game is altered after that point. When you can go out there and you command, you control your mentality. Your mindset is we need to dominate this ball game series by series. The temperature doesn't, it's not in the top 10, 20 things on my priority list when it comes to a checklist of how to stop the Patriots and Tom Brady. Mm. They're playing in the same cold we are. So so we, we eliminate all the the uh the factors that both teams have to go against. I'm trying to stop Sonny Michelle, I'm trying to stop Edelman, I'm trying to stop Hogan. The Gronkster. The Gronkster. The Gronkster. We got to stop those guys. I don't have to stop uh, Jack, what's it called, Jack Nipple, Jack Frost. little Jack Frost, it? yeah. Yeah, Jack. I don't have to stop him.
1: Frosty the Snowman. Frosty the Snowman. You, any, any,
2: anything you got for the, the meaning of cold weather, I don't have to worry about that. It's going to be cold for both teams.
1: You heard it here first. The right to play in the Super Bowl trumps any kind of cold feeling that any of these players are going to have. That's good to know. Headed into Sunday Hey, when we come back, your chance to win 1000 on the 30s. You're not going to want to miss the co-word. That's
0: next. Arrowhead Pride Radio. Download the radio.com app to listen to 610 Sports Radio wherever you are.
1: It's Arrowhead Pride Radio. Pete Sweeney hanging out with Sean Barber, taking it to 7 o'clock. Bink at night. Tonight he's got Arrowhead Pride film analyst Matt Lane, Patriots announcer Bob Sosie, Rich Baldinger, a ton of football talk, football station, Sixth Sense Sports Radio. It's Hot Take Tuesday, but before we get to that, it's your chance to win 1,000 on the 30s in the national cash contest. Text the word MEAL to 72881. That's MEAL. M-E-A-L. Want Chiefs talk and a chance to win 1,000 on the 30s. Only one station in Kansas City gives you both. Weekdays from 7 to 7. Your next chance to win is tomorrow at 7.30 a.m. with Fesco in the morning. The word once again is meal. Sean, you got a sentence for me quick.
2: Meal. You don't need to eat a meal when you're getting ready for the AFC championship game.
1: Just go. You're, because you're, 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 you're going gonna
2: to be fast. eating Patriots. Chew them up, spit them out, send them back to Boston. Body bags.
1: No meals for anybody all week. Body bags. Hot Take Tuesday, where we go around the nation to see what the national analysts are saying about your Chiefs. Colin Cowherd's a famous or a, a a favorite on this show on on Hot Take Tuesday because he always has these hot takes, and he seems to hate Patrick Mahomes. This week, the Chiefs and Mahomes hatred continues with what he thinks of this New England Kansas City matchup again. Fox Sports, Colin Cowherd.
0: New England needs a break in this game. Oh, they just got one. Predicted weather forecast. Under 8 degrees. Possibly 9, 10, 11, below zero. That's going to hurt the better offense. That will aid the better defense. That will hurt the more vertical passing game. That will aid the more consistent, better running game. First of all, Tom Brady is 15 and two in the playoffs in what is perceived as inclement weather. He's been here before, 13 and two. Excuse me. Uh, and by the way, complete 63 percent of his throws, 30 touchdown passes, 260 yards a game in what's considered inclement weather in the NFL. Uh, he's the best cold weather quarterback of all time. Dan Marino was great. So was John Elway. Brady's better. And by the way, the Patriots' dynasty did begin in a blizzard against Oakland. But they're saying it's going to be an Arctic blast. Well, if I told you there were two teams meeting and one relied on perimeter passing and speed, does that sound like it's better in an Arctic blast? If I said this one team's really fast, but something's going to slow them down, would that sound like it's going to? Help the Chiefs of the Patriots. If I said the weather appears to be the kind of weather you'll have to run the ball significantly,
1: Goward thinks that the weather favors the New England Patriots.
2: I can't really say too many bad things about Colin because actually my wife is one of his favorite listeners. She really? listens to the herd every day. What
1: does she think of Arrowhead Pride Radio?
2: Oh, she loves Arrowhead Pride Radio. But That's besides it. us, really on the radio, the number two thing she does is, is the herd, Colin. She likes uh his takes. She likes his not, I hope it, not it's to not always that one. backed up with fact. The one thing I don't like about him is he's playing like with Vegas money right now. He lost a bet about
1: about, about
2: about five weeks ago. And so instead of taking his licks, his wounds, and licking them and just going home, he doubles down against the Chiefs with Andrew Luck. Because it started two weeks ago when he was talking about the MVP and how Drew Brees was going should win that. So he loses that conversation, so now he's doubled down with Luck. He thought Luck's offense was going to come in here. The same things he said. The cold weather's going to affect the vertical offense, da-da-da, this and that, without giving Arrowhead and a sea of red any respect. Lost that bet. Now he's going to triple down. He's going to keep doubling, doubling, doubling down, tripling down until eventually sometimes, maybe in the 2019 season, about week seven, when the Chiefs might be having a hiccup, Mm -hmm. And he's going to say, I was right all along. Look at him. He finally had a hiccup. He finally made a mistake. I've been saying it for the last two years. You think he just
1: keeps hedging his bets?
2: Just keep hedging his bets, man. That's not hard to do.
1: I understand what you're saying. By the way, Dusty inspired me before the show to look up if there was an Arctic blast drink. There wasn't an Arctic blast drink, but there is an Arctic burst.
2: Mm. Is that Gatorade?
1: Quick Wikipedia uh, look or, or look up. Arctic Burst is a Mountain Dew Slurpee flavor available at participating 7-Eleven convenience stores in the summer of 2006. We 13 years ago. Arctic Burst. Too bad that didn't still exist. I want to go to the next hot take from Nate Burleson of NFL Network. Last week, Kyle Brandt saying 100% chance that the Colts would win. To Nate Burleson we go.
0: Kyle, I got a question for you.
1: All right, Is that barrel one size fits all? Oh, no. In fact, it is. I am 100% sure that the Patriots will beat the Chiefs in Kansas City. <laughs> I apologize to the Chiefs. Pat Mahomes, you're the MVP. But Tom Brady is the greatest of all time. Bill Belichick is the greatest coach of all time. You guys will be outmanned and outcoaching this one. I got the Pats winning the AFC title game, and they'll be headed to Atlanta. Ooh, and, this is- and if I don't, if I'm incorrect – And my prediction doesn't come true. I will wear a barrel on Monday after the AFC title game. I'm going to speak for the rest of the country and says no one cares about the barrel anymore. It was, I think, funny the first time. The second time's a little bit much. But what is with these guys on NFL Network saying that there's a 100% chance? How many times do you have to bet against Patrick Mahomes before people start realizing, I understand it's Tom Brady. I understand it's Andrew Luck. Not
2: 100%. That is one of the most ridiculous. Things. I mean, <laughs> I, I thought, what is his name? Kyle Gilbrandt, whatever his name I thought he Kyle, was ridiculous. Kyle Whoever Brent. his name is, when he made the, the barrel comment last week, I thought it was ridiculous because of just what the statistics said about the Colts coming here and about which team is the best team and which team is, is, is not. For him, for, and I, you know what? I have so much respect for former players that know that there is never 100%. You can feel great about it. You can feel confident about it. But for the amount of games this young man has played in, to go out on any limb, right. I have to think that some – He and he's talking about we're going to be outmanned. And no grown man would get on, this, on, on, on the radio wanting to get in another man's naked barrel and all that kind of stuff. It sounds like some <laughs> – when you talk about the outfits he wears and all that kind of – it's a lot of fishy things going on with this man. It needs to be talking way beyond just a radio show.
1: I like Nate Burleson when he gives anal- uh, analysis. I, th- I think he's stick pretty- to the stats. the uh, The Detroit Lions. I go back to the NFL draft when he came out to the Detroit Lions and was trying to almost do the. Eagles thing to the Cowboys, but the Detroit Lions really don't have a ton of history to be that proud of. It just came off a little flat. I think that's, that this falls flat. In, into that category. Speaking of hot takes, let's go to my man, Tom Brady. It'll be a good game. They're a good team. And uh, we played them earlier this year. You know, I know, you know,
3: everyone thinks we suck and, you know, can't win any games. So we'll see. It'll be fun.
2: What is he talking about? That's just as ridiculous as the 100%. Like, like all them are on the same stuff. Whatever Kool-Aid they're drinking, it's been up in uh wherever good morning america good morning football is aired is out right after the game they were sipping on it oh we don't win it. like no one says they don't win football games everybody knows it's a dynasty everybody knows that they break and bend a few rules to create a a competitive advantage to win a few championships and then they take the fine afterwards but guess what you don't got control of the air pressure in the balls anymore you don't get to film the chiefs uh, uh, a warm-up the day before at practice so you don't get ready for Coach Andy Reid's first 15. Those things, they don't, they don't let, the, all those things are in the past. So now we're going to see mano a mano, man to man. Can you line up and do what you did here in Kansas City to do what you did to a, uh, a, a tired, worn-out Chargers team?
1: From the media sessions that you see, it does seem like the Patriots are kind of getting behind Brady's words if they don't believe in us. I think it's I think it's a sign of weakness honestly because it almost is like Brady Orchestra you're the number 2 seed you were a Gronkowski Dolphins tackle away from being the number 1 seed this is completely orchestrated to get your team fired up like that to me is a sign of weakness if you need something artificial to get behind you're more worried about Patrick Mahomes and this Chiefs offense and this defense that we have never seen all year I would say as dominant as they were on Saturday afternoon, I think you're. I think they're in your head a little bit, and you're trying to muster something up to get a little fire in a game where you need extra fire. Do you really need extra fire for the AFC title? Has it gotten
2: that boring? Has winning gotten that boring? For the New England Patriots, because they've won so many games and they've been on this platform so many times, you do feel there's an air of staleness when it comes to this week of practice because we've been here, we've done it before, We know we're going to go in there and take care. We're going to play well. We don't have to worry about being flat. But what they don't understand is the excitement that the Sea of Red has, the excitement here in Kansas City about their team for the first time in history hosting the AFC Championship game. And they know they have to create some type of drama, some type of internal motivation to get them going, to prepare, to focus, to be ready to play, to avoid being the team that starts the game flat. Because we all know what happens when you don't come ready to play in Arrowhead Stadium. Before you know it, it's Katie Barter doors. Pat Mahomes is going vertical. The cheat is (laughs) loose. Zeus is loose. My man D. Williams is running down your throat. And then that defensive line gets released on your quarterback. Tom, Mr. I-can't-move-out-the-pocket, Brady, will be on his backside early and often. And then that's all she wrote.
1: I remember I grew up in the East Coast, and I remember it was like three nothing Yankees against the Red Sox back in 2004. And Kevin Millar said something like, "Don't let us win Game four. It's kind of that feeling with the Chiefs, where it's like, you let this team get up fourteen
2: nothing, you get them up
1: seven nothing, ten nothing. It kind of seems like an Arrowhead Stadium that game could be over.
2: No, I'm totally, I'm totally expecting if the if the Patriots uh, win the toss to take the ball again. They have to. They, they the, the worst thing that could happen is for them to let us have the ball and for our offense to go up fast. Disrespecting their defense, knowing that they can't, there's a 50-50 chance they won't be able to stop us anyway. To give our our, our offense some confidence and to let our defense gain uh, momentum off of our offense scoring. That's that's the last thing that, that, that uh, TD twelve wants to see. So he has to create this this uh, alternate reality, this alternate this, this drama. Uh, yeah, we we gonna try to win. It. Of course, we're not as good. We're getting old. We don't win as many ball games anymore. Man, come on, man. Those those games are that's childish. This this is a man's game. Let's go. AFC Championship game.
1: Sean, I know you're excited for Sunday. Someone I know who's excited for Sunday is our head pride lead film and draft analyst Ken Swanson. Ken, I, I forgot to tell you this, Sean. After the win on Sunday, the emotions are getting the best of you, Ken. Have you have you been able to pick yourself up a little bit as this week has gone on?
3: Yeah, but I haven't looked back yet because I don't want to relive all those, <laughs> all those moments. Pete. Dude, you got me, man. Like, I was good, and then you started kind of talking a little bit and kind of putting some of this into perspective. I was just like, I'm so happy for this city, and, and they deserve it so much, man. And, and getting this opportunity to go play another game against Tom, play that giant, you know, announce, announce Patrick Mahomes and this team's presence with authority, That can
1: be so cool, man. Ken, you were a beacon of positivity last week, and really the the only one. I think there was a lot of nervousness within the city, and you were saying, listen, there's nothing to be nervous about. You have Patrick Mahomes. And granted, the first half was a little bit different than the second half. The Chiefs came out firing, as has been kind of typical in the Andy Reid era with the script and so on and so forth. But you really, you really have grasped onto this idea that, hey, Chiefs fans, you are – the dog this time like you are you have patrick mahomes you still feeling that now headed into really a patriots team that has been there before a quarterback that has been there before in tom brady just how are you feeling about this matchup in particular
3: i'm I'm, the only thing i am is excited and you know i i think you know obviously it's going to be a tough game it's going to be a huge game but at the same time, I think everybody just needs to lean into some expectations that good things are going to happen to this franchise now. Well, Lynn Elliott doesn't have any power over us anymore. He didn't have power before the Colts game. The Chiefs are in a new era of football. They have the best quarterback in football. Whoops, I said it. They have, they have the new guy. They have you know, the thing that people envy. This, you, have, you have the new Aaron Rodgers of the league. So Start acting like it. Start expecting good things to happen, and don't let any pressures of the past get on you. You're free from it now. Embrace the opportunity. You get an opportunity to to slay a giant, make Tom Brady retire, and start a new era of ownership over the National Football League. Go do it.
1: Ken is the Arrowhead Pride lead film and draft analyst. No one watches more Patrick Mahomes' film in the city outside of the Chiefs building. I want to talk quickly about Mahomes in this game against the Colts. The thing you noted was that you really liked what Mahomes was able to do off script in a really big stage. Does that make you feel better about moving forward on Sunday?
3: Well, absolutely, because, I mean, it, you know, he's done it all year. He's done spectacular things outside of the structure of the play but the moments weren't too big for him in the snow, in no. adverse weather, in a playoff game. Snowballs, snowballs
1: raining down. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> you know, see,
3: everything is against him environmentally, the, the pressure, all that stuff, the energy in the building. And he just went out there and threw a ball around alignment and with anticipation to Travis Kelsey's 15 yards down the field sidearm. Like, who does that? Like, it's just, it's ridiculous.
1: There was and, another you know, angle. The there was, that, Ken Ken. there was another angle today that came out where you really, the ball just almost looks like it comes out of nowhere.
3: Oh, I saw it, buddy. I saw it. You know I saw that. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. Like, so the fact that nothing is affecting his play, his process. I and mean, I think that, I think it means like that. I think it's everything like that during the week, too. I don't think anything really phases him. He's just the same guy. He prepares the same way. He goes out and does his business. That's why he's gotten so better. Nothing affects him, and even a playoff moment like like that did not affect him at all. So I expect him to go out. I expect him to play fast and start fast like he did this week, and go out and do his thing. And uh, if if Tom, you know, is uh, is is enough to 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 stop this thing, then you know, tip your hat off to the goat because the baby goat's coming.
1: That is Arrowhead Pride lead film and draft analyst Ken Swansea. You catch his writing or written stuff online at arrowheadpride.com, and he's on the Arrowhead Pride tailgate with me this weekend prior to the game. Kent, thanks for joining us, man. Hi, buddy. Kent is the leader of the Arrowhead Pride nerd squad, who will be, will be down at the Senior Bowl providing us with some uh, takes and analysis coming from Mobile, Alabama, as we get ready for next season. Hopefully the Chiefs are still in it by then. Uh, Matt Lane, also a member of the Nerd Squad, he will be with Bink at 7.30 tonight. Craig Stout, defensive film analyst, 8 o'clock on Wednesday with Bink, and then Kent wraps it up 6.30 on Thursday in-depth. Hex is a nose talk right here on 610 Sports Radio with Bink at night. When we come back, we'll put a bow on the show with your tweets. Don't go anywhere.
0: Arrowhead Pride Radio.
1: Pete Sweeney, Sean Barber, Arrowhead Pride Radio, putting a bow on it. Five days, still the AFC Championship right here in Kansas City, Missouri. Sean, how are you passing the time until Sunday?
2: I'm going to be in the uh, Bible praying, though. I'm going to do a lot of prayer time. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to reference 1 Samuel 17 for the whole week when I learn about David versus Goliath. Because Goliath sounds like the goat. Tom Brady, those Philistines from the Patriot land coming here, and we got David. We got one patty cake, make it shake, Malone. <laughs> and his Israelites, which is Chiefs' kingdom. David versus Goliath will take place here at Arrowhead Stadium. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. God, Lord. Wow. I don't know if it's David and Goliath. It's more like strength versus strength, I think. got one job, to engage, to equip, and to empower the Chiefs' kingdom. Good
1: thing is that it is in the Chiefs' house. I think that gives them an advantage. And speaking of Chiefs' kingdom and Chiefs fans, we'll read your tweets to end the show. The first oh I like this. The first is from Stevie B. The Chiefs are going to wear all red, right? They have to. It's a blood wolf moon. No, it's supposed to be a red moon on Sunday. I think you stick with what works. I don't think the the red on red uniforms are always successful. It's not like they're undefeated in red on red.
2: I'll take the red on red, red on white, white on red, it don't matter. Yellow on yellow? It ain't going to matter, man. When it's time to kick it off, whatever we got on going to be what it is. It is what it is. Worry about something besides the uniform.
1: Robert Taylor, MMA. If Barry's ready to go Sunday, do you still play him and disrupt the momentum chemistry that the secondary has built in the absence this past few weeks? I don't care about Eric Barry anymore. The Chiefs don't need him. I said it today on Twitter, and I was serious.
2: The Chiefs don't need him to win the Super Bowl. If he can play, he can play. If he doesn't, there's nothing to be worried about. EB is a luxury. If he's ready for the Super Bowl um, down in Atlanta where it's nice and warm, that'll that'll be beneficial for his injury. But until then, EB, just keep leading them, boys, with your spirit.
1: Wesley, between LDT or LTD, as Sean likes to say, Irving and Wiley, who are the two guards starting this week? I, 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 guess, I guess Irving and Wiley again. Just because I think they were up against the deadline, it makes me question the readiness of LDT. Not sure, if are Chiefs fans allowed to be sad about Kareem Hunt for at least this week? Kareem Hunt was incredibly productive against the... Uh, New England Patriots in the past.
2: D. Williams hasn't missed a beat. Save your breath. Don't even worry about Kareem. He's not on the team right now. So we, we wish him the best. Hope he gets better. Hope he returns to the NFL in some capacity. But right now, as far as the team is concerned, the guy, we worried about the guys that are suiting up on Sunday. You'll like this tweet. Zach Prouty says, Pat Mahomes is the GOAT. That's it. That's the tweet. Not according to my uh, revelations. He's David facing Goliath. Taylor asks,
1: has the defense's recent success made up for its poor regular season? In my opinion, if the defense plays well enough for you to win the Super Bowl, who cares about how they were in the regular season?
2: You played the entire season for the number one seed. I don't care how many points per game, how many yards, none of that matters. We got the number one seed, which means you got to come here and beat us in our house.
1: Ryan Leet says, think the Patriots will use the no huddle against us? Yes, I do. Radama says, is this a podcast? Yes. Uh you can get this on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network as as well as 610 Sports Radio. BL says, does Barry play on Sunday since we released Parker?
2: No, I don't think he plays this Sunday. I think he's saving it up for the Super Bowl. I think um Jordan and um I think Jordan and whoever else we have at safety, we're good the way we are. Don't worry about it.
1: Brandon asks, who bangs
2: the drum Sunday?
1: Is it you, you Sean Barmer?
2: I'm going to bang the drum all week here at 610 Radio about we all we got, we all we need, baby. All I need is for that Chief sea of red to show up and be heard, be early, be loud, be proud. Let them hear your kingdom.
1: Clinton Petrie says, what do you think the best strategy is to win this weekend in the elements? Very quickly, Sean.
2: Run the ball, blitz Brady up the A-gaps, get him off his spot. You got to make Brady mobile. Sean
1: Barber, answering your tweets. You can get at us on Twitter anytime. Twitter.com slash Pride. He's sh- at Sean Barber 59 You can catch me at PG Sweeney. And that'll do it for another great edition of Arrowhead Pride Radio. Last word, Sean.
2: I appreciate it, listeners. That y'all made me uh, break a sweat in the studio here tonight. So I got my workout going. I'm losing that 15 pounds for the new year. I'm on my way.
1: Thank you to Tom Brady, Kent, Barber's birthday, Barber's daughter with the good grades, 7-Eleven Arctic Burst, Dusty Likens, Sean Barber. My name is Pete Sweeney, the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com. Keep it with ArrowheadPride.com for all your Chiefs coverage. You're not going to want to go anywhere. Pink at Night is next.
0: This has been Arrowhead Pride Radio on 610 Sports Radio. Coverage continues with articles, pictures, video, and interviews on ArrowheadPride.com and 610Sports.com.